Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe Podcast Network, SoCal Sweat. My name is Ann McDaniels, a former NFL cheerleader and product manager turned actress and model who dreams of being a UFC fighter. Meow. Learning strategies to help motivate others leads me to bring you interviews each week from a range of athletes, experts in fitness and nutrition, and so much more. Thanks for listening to Believe, the number one podcast for working professionals, and let's push our endorphins to higher performance through SoCal Sweat. This is your host, Ann McDaniels of SoCal Sweat. In today's episode, we'll be talking about Qigong and Tai Chi's applied kinesiology for healing and performance. Now, alternative medicine and therapy exist in many forms. The practice of Qigong and Tai Chi help to balance energies within the body via filling deficiencies and removing excess. In their native lands, the word Qi means air. In the Western world, we are oriented to explaining health and performance practices through anatomical and physiological function. How can these forms of healing help the body and mind? Trained energy therapist Gay Thornton of the Dope Soul Journey explains the science behind such practices and how they can help to heal, even just as a complementary alternative to Western practices. Gay has over 20 years of experience with her successful practice, and one of her testimonials states, the work that Gay has been doing for me for years has been invaluable in helping my growth and transformation. I now introduce you to energy therapist of Qigong, Tai Chi, DNA healing, and energy medicine, Gay, or Gigi, Thornton. How are you doing today, Gay? Hello. I'm fantastic. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. So could you please tell us um, a little bit about your background, interests, and why you were drawn to energy, energy healing and therapy? And also, I know that you have a grand background in martial arts. Oh my gosh. That's, that's really kind. Uh, grand <laughs> background. Um, you know, I have a background in uh, Qigong, which I would say is a martial art, mm-hmm. but it's more about building internal forces. Um, and I guess that means like holding a lot of energy inside okay. um, to do things outside. Um, but let's see. Um, I went to school for singing and acting and, um, also psychology at Syracuse university, which is a great school. Right. And, um, I was singing in Australia and I was doing a great, um, tour with a lovely group and people kept saying to me, thanks for the healing. Thanks for the healing. And I thought, wow, these Australians are very nice. Um, it took me a minute to um, understand what they were saying. And I finally just asked someone, what do you mean by that? And they said, well, when you sing, you have this energy that's coming off of you. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. Um, so I knew in Australia that healers were taken just as seriously as doctors were. So I went to see a healer who said to me, it just means you're meant to do this work. And when you get back to the States, you'll meet all of your teachers. Um, And that is exactly what happened. Um, As soon as I got back to California, there was a man who I loved his comedy. I'd seen him perform many times. He was standing in my living room. And he just said to me, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm an actor. He said, no, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a singer. And then he said, no, you do something else. And I said, well, I'm going to take this Reiki class this weekend. And he said, don't do that. Come study Qigong with my Qigong teacher Saturday. Oh, wow. And I went, yeah, it was amazing. And I went, okay. So that lady was absolutely right. And I ended up studying for over 20 years with three different Qigong masters. Um, and it was building internal forces, which I'm not sure is something that they teach in the United States. So I had to uh, travel to the UK and study with these different um, masters of Chinese descent um, just to build up a sensitivity to energy. And then 
so many other teachers followed. I did eventually end up taking Reiki and so many other um, types of energy, I would say, energy work. Um, so, so this career kind of found you, basically. It did, which is very um, interesting, but I feel like that's what led me to keep going with it because I was a very, I would say, analytical, scientific type of person. Mm -hmm. So to find this and to have it keep occurring made me go, okay, what, what's going on really? Sure. So. I, I love that because some people are just, you know, go their lifetime not figuring out what their true passion is or true talent. Do you think that you felt um, any of those sensitivities even as a child? Like you kind of had a gift even in your younger years. Well, you know what? I believe, um, I believe that's, that's very true. Um, I was very sensitive as a child. Um, and my mom is very intuitive and her mom is really, in is very intuitive. So I feel like it's a lineage thing, but I also, um, didn't like to be around a lot of people. I'd love to be alone and I could kind of sense when things were about to happen. And so I would get out of that situation you could before you could sense drama right away, probably. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was in my twenties that people began to tell me, you know, every time you would leave something horrible would happen. Um, and I don't think that I ever put that together but I could just feel like something was off and so I would just leave. So, sure. yeah. That's great intuition. And uh, I think some, a lot more people are feeling this way as well, just kind of the sense of self and even just reflecting on themselves during this pandemic. Just, I think there's more awareness and um, yeah, I think, I think it helps a lot to remove yourself from a situation rather than just divulge and it's just easier. And that's a very positive thing, I think. Now, what do you exactly specialize in and what can clients go to you for? Wow, that is a great question. Um, and I will tell you, because I, I love to study and read, I have studied just about everything um, and I, I want to know more. Um, so I think I was doing one modality. I think I was doing Qigong and then I think I was doing Reiki and then I got so much, so many certifications and so much energy that I finally just started asking the person's um, guides. And we all have like angels or passed away loved ones that are with us. Um, and so I started asking the person's guides before they ever showed up to see me, what's going on with this person? Um, so I could get a clear view because as an empath or a very sensitive person, if you told me your story, I would be on your side and I would say, oh my gosh, that's horrible. You're absolutely right. But um, when a client calls me, I ask their guides, what's happening here? And their guides will say, you know, this is an old wound from when they were three. And if you can get them to talk about that, you can see everything light up that they need to shift. So when uh, I asked the client, so what happened when you were three? Do you remember when you were in school or you were talking to someone or you fell or that dog bit you? Um, do you remember those things? And when the client begins to talk about it, I can see it and I can shift it for them energetically so that they no longer have to carry those old wounds, the old traumas, and all of those healing modalities that I studied are fantastic for clearing all of those things because it could be at a cellular level, at a DNA level. It could be something that they're carrying from their parents or their parents' parents. And I can see that and we can shift it. And I talk to the client before we shift it and I use applied kinesiology, which is muscle testing, so I can be sure we're on track with it. And then I ask the client, can you feel that in your body? So if they can feel it like in their gut or their heart or it's in their throat, I muscle test for it first and then we shift it. And then I ask the client again, can you feel that? And usually they'll say, no, it's neutral. And that's really what we want. 
but sometimes the trauma has occurred on deeper levels. And so it may shift from it being in the throat to it being into the heart. And if that is true, we can clear it on that level that it has occurred on. Um, so my goal with my sessions um, is to work through whatever they've brought to me, whatever issue it is that they're experiencing. Um, and they may not need to come back or they may want to come back every single week. Um, but it is to shift the trauma, um, to ease the pain, um, and to just make them feel better really honestly. Wow. So when you do the muscle work, do you just apply pressure to a certain area? Like would the, would the throat, for example, be significant of some kind of trauma or injury or what have you, and then you move to other areas? And when you make that shift, do you press on certain muscles? How does that, how does that work? Okay. That's a really good question. Um, so you know what, believe it or not, I don't touch anyone. Um, so applied kinesiology or muscle testing, there is an energy field that is around all of us. And that energy field is responding constantly to everything in your environment. So if I give you, let's say a supplement and I, um, ask your body, do you like this? Your body's going to tell me yes or no. Can you say what? what kind of a supplement you mean? Um, so let's say someone um, has to take a, wants to take a, um, a vitamin C. Okay. And there's two different types of vitamin C. So let's say there's a camu camu, which is a natural little, um, little fruit that grows along the Amazon river. And they are, have a choice between something that is an artificial vitamin C or a natural vitamin C. I can ask them to hold those two products and I can test the energy field around them. And that is called muscle testing or applied kinesiology. And all I'm doing is asking the body, do you like this? And their body will say yes or no. So sometimes I can say something like, can you absorb this? And with the artificial vitamin C, the body may say absolutely not. So that's what I'm doing with the traumas and the releasing too, is that I'm asking the body, are we on track with this? And what I'm doing is I'm asking the energy field, are we on track with this? And the field will say yes. And so when it gets shifted, I ask the energy field, is it cleared? And the energy field will say yes. And so I'm also asking the person, but I want to know if it's cleared in the field too. Do they take the supplement or just hold it? Well, you know what? It, it could be, it could be, um, uh, they just, they're holding it. Yeah. Okay. So as long as it's in their body, as long as it's in their energy field, mm -hmm. um, yeah, the body's going to say yes or absolutely not. Um, and I feel like a lot of holistic doctors use applied kinesiology or muscle testing, um, with, with so many different things. Um, but specifically if you have an allergy, um, that's how I found out that I was allergic to certain things was I was holding a little bit of it and my body said, no, I, I can't break this down. Absolutely not. But you hear that. What, what would someone do if they were discovering an allergic reaction or something that they could be allergic to? How do you feel that? How does your body tell you that? Without okay. Yeah, that's, that's an excellent question. So I would say if you um, want to do a little experiment with yourself, you can drink, I would say, about 16 ounces of water. You want to be sure that you're very hydrated to do this experiment because if you don't, it will not work. Um, so I would say drink about 16 ounces of water, face north, bend your knees slightly, and relax your body and ask yourself, um, what is my name? My name is Anne, and your body may go forward slightly. And so now this is your body just moving on its own. So then say something like, I'm a jelly bean, and then your body may go backwards. So now you know this yes is my forward and back is my no. So then if you're in a grocery store, 
and you think, gosh, I really want to get, you know, these sugary, delicious treats and you hold it up against your body and your body goes, absolutely not. It'll go backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, treats are delicious. So I, I agree. But, you know, you may be going through something where the treats may be filling up some part of you instead of dealing with your issue. And you have a a feeling that maybe you don't need the treats. Maybe you just need to go for a walk or cry or whatever. But yes, you can absolutely hold anything. And I would say hold it to your heart. And in the beginning, it's good to face north because north will um, be a stronger pull for you. Mm -hmm. And um, always be hydrated. But if you cannot be hydrated, you can use a little trick where you can put your um, hands on your kidneys and it will make your kidneys feel like they're hydrated. Oh, that's so interesting. And then moving on from that, what do you do with the actual muscles when you say you, you move the energy from, for example, the throat to the heart or, or what have you? How do you, how do you go about doing that? Well, you know what? That is the, another really good question. Um, with the energy work. So when I was studying with all of those teachers, um, I guess what you're really doing is you're becoming sensitive to energy. So I can see it and I can feel it and I can um, uh, see it moving in the body. So I guess what I'm really doing is saying, okay, um, let's, let's get on out of there um, through the work that I have learned how to cultivate through the years. Um, and I feel like, like I, it's not it's not really a special thing, but I feel like I developed that through studying with these different people for over 20 years, just to be able to see it and to be able to shift it out. So I'm just using um, the energy modalities that I learned from all of these masters to, I would say, manipulate the energy to leave. Very interesting. Now, if it's what if it's not even psychological, but more of a, a pain as far as, let's just say an, uh, an athlete is, has a recurring pain. Maybe it's a football player. It's in the, in the knee, like where he, someone had torn their ACL or something. Can you, can you heal that through Kijong and Reiki and, and your other forms? You know what? I will tell you, it really depends on the person. Um, I learned a beautiful healing modality from a doctor who is no longer um, in the Beverly Hills area. I think he has since moved, but we used to specifically work on physical traumas. And what I would find is that they are attached to the emotion. Um, So if the person is ready to deal with the emotion, absolutely. Um, Sometimes people are not. Sometimes people keep the pain there because they don't want to walk through the emotion. So I would say it really depends on the person and it's not for me to choose for them. Um, But I definitely would stay present with it and help them to feel better during the session. And, um, you know, here again, it really depends on the person. Some people want to know what's going on. Some people do not want to know what's going on. Um, and I have had, I'd ha- I've had several successful people that I've worked on where I've done both. I've alleviated the pain for them temporarily, and it's been completely shifted for other people. So even you can just kind of adjust the mind over matter for like extreme pain. Some people are in chronic pain from either disease or breaks or, or you know, other examples like that. Is it more of a mind over matter psychological thing? I mean, obviously, if they have to take, you know, heavy doses of narcotics or any kind of painkiller, could that possibly be alleviated because of a mind over matter healing practice? You know what I would say? I would say that it's, it's not, I don't see it as mind over matter. I see it as stuck emotion. Um, so let's say um, someone was bit by a dog when they were really young. And now they're terrified of dogs, but that trauma of the terror that they went through is still in their body. So 
it will all depend on the person. If the person doesn't want to deal with that fear of dogs and doesn't want to um, have that be shifted, um, it may not change. But usually, I will tell you that I'm usually people's last resort, that they've gone to a doctor and they've gone to a certain you know, type of other person and nothing has shifted. And so the work that I do, even for me, is a little strange. So people will come to me and say, okay, you're kind of my last hope. And I will ask them, so what happened when you were three? And people go, oh my gosh. And then I can feel it coming up in them. And it's just an old trauma with an emotion that's attached to it. And so, yeah, I feel like I, like I wouldn't necessarily say that it's mind over matter, but it's more like, okay, let's look at this trauma. Let's acknowledge this pain that you went through. Let, let's, let's, you know, talk about it and then let's shift it. So it doesn't have to be there anymore because now it's being addressed. And once yeah, once things get addressed, they can usually just dissipate. Sure. Well, again, thinking about athletics, I, I'm thinking if, if you know, someone were to have a horrible collision with somebody, again, referring to football or something like that, or MMA, boxing, what have you, would you, again, they, they could have gotten very broken with a bone or jaw or what have you, but maybe it was the trauma of being embarrassed or being in front of a crowd or or being in fearful and not going back to that sport, is that something that you could clear? So it wouldn't necessarily be the pain of that particular job. It would be more the, the trauma of the fact that that happened and could have altered someone's career. I just, I guess, I try to think how athletics and athletic injuries could, could be, you know, you could, someone like you could help athletes with their, with, you know, those kinds of injuries. Yeah. And I, okay. I definitely hear you. And I feel like, um, like here again, it really depends on the person. Um, because you know, some people and I, and I almost hate to say it have, have their wounds as their identity. Mm -hmm. So if someone's willing to give up the story, absolutely. It can, it can all be shifted. But I feel like um, something that I was cautioned about really early on um, was taking things from people that they haven't processed yet. So because I can see it, it doesn't mean that it's mine to take away. So if the, if the football player has a knee injury or some sort of chronic pain, if they want it to go, and I know that that sounds like, well, of course, why would they show up? Um, but early on, I dealt with someone who had had a car accident. And she was in a lot of back, back pain and she didn't necessarily want it to go because she didn't want to deal with the things in her life. So she kept bringing it back. Oh, so it was a crutch for her sort of. It was exactly that. And so I could see that. And in the early days, I went to the doctor that I was studying with and I said, wow. And he said, exactly. So what do we do? And I said, we alleviate her pain today. And he goes, that's exactly right. So... Um, so but if yes, if she herself continues to get attention or is able to avoid life situations because of that, maybe quote unquote excuse or crutch, then maybe she doesn't ever want to be healed. Kind of like per your previous point. Yes. And I mean, I feel like for me in the very beginning of this, I wasn't aware of any of that. And so I had a thriving practice and I sort of stopped because I thought, wait a minute, am I not really assisting people? And then I had to realize that, you know, not everyone wants the same things that I want. Some people do just want their pain alleviated for, for the week, for the month, and then they want to come back. So it's not really for me to judge um, someone's situation and say, okay, so you're going to do this, but it's more for me to say, what can I do for you today? How can I help you? Oh, that's so interesting. Um, have you kind of gotten a lot of feedback, like negative feedback as far as, well, you know, there's, because there's a lot of myths. I mean, people have said it's hocus pocus medicine, you know, it's, those are, that's for the right brained people, you know, things like that. What do you say to someone who is a naysayer or just kind of like, oh, this, this, that career is a quack because I mean, I had just looked at YouTube and all, a lot of lectures against it and how some people were negating it and so some Western doctors were completely against it. What do you say to just sort of 
kind of defend the whole, you know, science of alternative medicine? You know what, really, honestly, I would say like a healthy, um, someone being critically thinking and healthy, like I'll believe it when I see it. I, I personally don't see anything wrong with that. That's how I was. I was exactly that way. I was like Western medicine all the way until that failed me. And then I said, okay, well, I have to go to alternative medicine. And that was the only thing that worked for me. Sure. So, so and I really, and, and you're such a scientist. I mean, you love science so much and I'm sure that was a shift because you're very based on science and very educated and very academic with that. And like black is white, you know, black and white, there were no in between. So I'm sure that took you a while. And if it took you a while and you're this, that good at this and so interested, you know, that would make someone like me believe, cause I'm, I'm very similar to, to you. Yeah. And you know what I feel like for me, um, part of the reason that I, I set my sessions up the way I set them up where I don't want to know what's going on. When someone calls me, I don't ask them to tell me what happened. I say, when would you like to have your session? And do I have permission to speak with your guides? And then when they come and see me, that's when I tell them, okay, so here's what's going on. I think it's easier for the person to believe what's happening if I'm right on track and they go, that's exactly right then I feel like they trust me a little bit more because I'd have no way of knowing what's going on with them. And then when they leave and they're shifted, I think that's the other part of it too, is now they don't really have a choice but to believe in it because they're different now. So I feel like a good, healthy, critically thinking person is awesome. And I feel like I was exactly the same way. And, you know, the, the old... Western way didn't work for me. And I had to try alternative medicine and then everything just shifted. Can you so. share what you were dealing with um, to have discovered that Western medicine was no longer working for you? Did you have some kind of a, and you don't have to share, um, was, was, or was there a trauma or accident or what had you gone in for that was sort of Western medicine did fail you? Well, gosh, you know, I can um, tell you, 2018, I had had two car accidents and I had just ballooned up um, so much from my back pain. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do some energy work around it. And I did, and it alleviated a lot of it. But I thought, okay, maybe now's a good time to try going vegan. And so I did. Then my body had a very strong reaction to just eating. Um, the yeah the vegan diet and so I went to see my doctor and my doctor said I have no idea what this is and he gave me some medications and they did not work and so I had to see a naturopath who said this is an allergic reaction what did you eat today and when I told her she said okay this is a histamine intolerance and you have to get off of all of these foods and I went what? Spinach, kale, tea, what are you talking about? Um, and so I did. And my body immediately began to heal. And then she said, it's a good idea to stop taking these pharmaceutical drugs because it's telling your body not to fight this. And I went, oh my goodness. Um, so I changed my diet immediately. And um, I started taking something called holy basil which is um, just a plant. And my body began to calm down and heal almost immediately. Um, and so my histamine in general for someone who is experiencing allergic reactions, or I mean, even if they didn't know what the particular food was, if they take milk, uh, what is it? What is it? Oh, holy holy basil. basil. If they take holy basil, would that sort of help eliminate some of the you know what? Here's what I would really say. It would really depend on how clean that person's diet was and the other things that they were doing. So I have a really clean diet. Um, I fast regularly also. Um, I drink so much water. So I would be hesitant to say, you know, here is the cure-all for everyone. But in my particular situation, um, the holy basil worked it was perfect for me. 
Um, and I believe that there's so many other alternatives um, also if you're having a histamine you know, intolerance. And it could be to a particular food that your body is just saying, I can't um, handle this anymore. So I think that there's quite a few, but holy basil was the one that worked for me very well. I'm really happy that you found success in that because really the pharmaceutical drugs with the histamine and with the fact that your back was hurting so badly, it was just a band-aid. The drugs were just a band-aid for you. And it takes a, a person to really dig deep and, and seek alternatives. Some people just stay with that the rest of their lives and are just kind of miserable. And then paying for the, those pharmaceuticals. I'm not saying that you know, pharmaceutical drugs are, are bad, but just in, in certain instances, there can be another alternative. And, and you're feeling great today and you, it has not come back, correct? No, it has not come back. And I just had to learn you know, what my body was telling me. Um, and I think, you know, from the car accident, I probably wasn't really paying that much attention to the little um, itches in my skin. Um, and so my body had to just really become inflamed and create a rash, like almost everywhere for me to go, okay, got my attention now. So yes, now I'm, I'm definitely paying uh, so much more attention and we can because we're in this pandemic still. Sure. But you can probably see some of these issues in people a mile away, uh, especially with like dairy allergies or some of the puffiness. There's just so many things. And I'm sure that your practice has, you know, had a lot more thriving business because of people going through, there's so many issues that have been exacerbated from the pandemic for obvious reasons. And then you know, we add the election and, and just the, the racial injustice. And are people coming to you a lot for just kind of the, like the status quo problems during this pandemic? You know, I feel like in the very beginning, people's um, central nervous system was just like, you know, just overactive. Uh, heads were just, you know, everybody was overthinking everything. So in the very beginning, yes, I had so many people that just wanted to just calm down and breathe and return back to center. And then I feel like since then, my clients have said, okay, I don't want to go back to what I was doing. Can you help me with what's my next step? And i yeah, said absolutely. So that's been the bulk of my work recently is what are we going to do now? Um, that's amazing. Because, like as far as career changes and, thing, and lifestyle changes? Oh my gosh, so many different things. Um, I feel like primarily um, career, but also out of relationships, um, realizing their thought processes were toxic because of um, the life that they were living before and how do they shift their thought processes to create a brand new life. And other people still, they don't even know what they want to do. They just know that they want to change from what they were doing before. Sure. So so many different things. Is this why the divorce rate is so astronomically high <laughs> during this <laughs> pandemic? It's really sad. You know what? It's, it's, it's very sad, but I feel like it has a lot to do with people being distracted before, you know, where they could go to work and they could hang out with their friends and they could drink and they weren't really dealing with that person. And now they're with them 24 seven and they go, wait a minute, I've rethought all of this. And um, 24-7 is hard with anybody, even someone that you're madly in love with. Like, I, I, I myself need a lot of alone time. I'm like an extroverted introvert. Um, I, think, I think you are, too. It just, I, I love being myself. But, you know, and I need that decompression time, especially working in entertainment. I need to step away at, during multiple times a day just to, like, get away from people and kind of, you know, decompression time. And people are not really allowed to have that when they're all, you know, in quarantine. So I'm sure it's just been, I'm sure you've had some very interesting stories. And can you share some really great success stories with some of your clients? Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, you know, in the very beginning of this work, I had a lot of, and I'm just going to say straight men, um, because, um, I feel like I, I didn't really have, uh, a, I don't, most of my clients aren't straight men. I'll just put it that way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is because um, most straight men 
feel like they can put their problems aside. They can, you know, tough it out. Um, and so some of my greatest successes have been with those men because they come in because their wife or their girlfriend has said, okay, I've had enough. I can't do this anymore. And they're very reluctant. And that's always kind of my favorite person. That's really reluctant. Yeah. Because because that's so challenging. It's, it's challenging, but I know that they're going to be shifted and I'm excited for them. And so they'll tell me something and I'll say, okay, here's what's going on. And they'll tell me you're absolutely wrong. You're dead wrong. And I'll go, okay. And then I'll just ask them, but can we do some work? And um, I've had almost every single one of them a month to three months after come back to me and say, you were right. It was stuff with my dad. You were right. It was stuff with my childhood. And their relationships shifted and got better. And um, they were able to access their own power, which I feel like is often something that's on the surface where they've got to pretend to be a certain way. And I feel like, yeah, yeah. And knowing everything, like they have to know everything. And so I feel like after we have done a session or two, they shift to being more vulnerable, to being more present, to listening a little bit more, and to understanding that they were projecting an image that wasn't really who they were, and they were tired of doing that. Oh, that's so, amazing, because that, that's very, very tough, especially with just alpha, alpha males that are very masculine, and it is a mental toughness thing for them. And it's, you know, in this day and age, I think that mental health awareness is becoming better and better. And I think that there have been changes made, but it's just, it's that old school, like tough man mentality, which like I myself have this like old school, tough mentality. And I have to learn to, my sister's always on me for like thinking softer or like I have a problem with it of showing any kind of emotion or vulnerability. So I guess I, I'm almost kind of like masculine that way. And it's hard for me. Like I don't, I don't ever see a therapist or anything like that. And I know that's wrong. And I'm ashamed with myself that I'm not willing to, to do that. And I'm trying to be more open. And, you know, you, I think you explain it very well. And if someone like you could heal an alpha male or just at least cause a shift in vulnerability and presence, I, I would be very, very um, interested in seeing you. But I think we're friends, so I don't think you, we could. But yeah, that's impressive, Gay. It's really impressive. Yeah, well, you know what? It's, it's, been, uh, it's been amazing for me, you know, just to see the shifts. And I've had whole families come to me. Like once the husband or the boyfriend comes, they send, you know, their mother, their father, their siblings. I've had whole entire families come to me. And that's what I like the most is when someone has had a really big shift that they send everyone to me. Because you're and helping a whole dynamic of people in a family structure. And that's, that's huge. Well, for me, yeah, that's the most rewarding. That's, the, that's the, you know, the best way someone could tell me thank you is that they've sent everyone to me because sure. they've seen such a huge shift. And so, I yeah. see someone, you know, with your training after an intervention, let's just say for an addict, perhaps it's a, you know, co- cocaine disorder or something in the family And once they have the intervention, I can see them going to treatment and then seeing you and then having all the family members because addictions hurt everybody in the family. It affects everybody. And um, yeah, I I can, would you, do you ever partner up with, you know, narcotics counselors or couples counselors? Do you ever seek that? Um, You know what? I haven't, but throughout this pandemic, there have been some of my clients that have asked me to go to AA Zoom meetings with them sure. or to go to Al-Anon Zoom meetings with them. And I've never done that before. Um, so as a therapist, I'm, you know, I'm in the room, in the Zoom room with everyone as support. And I get to hear a lot of those things. Um, but no, I've never, I've never partnered with um, anyone else, but I'm absolutely open to it. And I'm just thinking too of, since this is wellness and and fitness and health, I think it's called um, OA, Overeaters Anonymous, which would be 
people of all eating disorders. That would be overeaters, undereaters, bulimics, anorexics. And I can imagine that that is usually comes from trauma uh, in the childhood. Uh, and I, I think that that would also be another group that could really benefit from your knowledge and your healing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I've worked with some people like that. Um, I feel like I've worked with people through all walks of life. I worked with a young lady that had um, been in prostitution for a while. Um, I worked with so many different types of people. Um, and I'm always amazed. Um, at, at their progress, if someone really wants to work through their issues. But yeah, I, I typically see it as a trauma. Um, and it could be like what you were saying, it could be a physical trauma where someone has hit themselves, you know, or an emotional trauma. But usually it's always um, a trauma that's hanging out that just needs to be shifted. Absolutely. And I also see you partnering up with clinics, like some of the, you know, the obesity clinics or the narcotics clinics. I just think that there's such a, such a need especially if you can heal someone who is so alpha and so strong. I just, the sky's a limit, especially during this pandemic and afterwards, because I think that the, obviously the world is going to be a lot different and, and there are going to be more issues rising to the surface. Because like you said before, a lot of these things we've been able to distract ourselves by a very, very, very fast paced world, particularly in Los Angeles. So I, I'm really excited to see more of your, your progress in your business. Now, what are your, some of your future goals? What would you, where do you see your business heading? That's a great question. Um, well, during this pandemic, um, a lot of my friends started saying to me, how are you okay? You live alone. Like, how are you okay? And then I would think, oh, okay, let me write down a little, you know, a little information for you about how I'm okay. And then I would think, okay, well, there's more that I want to say. And then I would just keep writing. Um, and so I've actually written a book on how to survive, you know, really hard times. So um, I, it's in proofreading now. So hopefully that book will be out um, at the beginning of the year. Congratulations. About, oh, thank you so much. Yeah, just about how to make it through really rough times. Um, I'm also uh, creating a little web series of people who have been through hard times and just interviewing them on what it is they did to get through, um, just so that people have a little inspiration from an actual person who has gone through something hard, and here they are on the other side of that. Um, and that is the dope soul journey. Okay. So I had that idea three years ago to um, interview people. And at the time, people were really reluctant to do it. And then for whatever reason, I started again in uh, January. And I got the most amazing stories from people from all walks of life who are doing incredible things, but went through really hard times. And then the pandemic hit. So um, that had to be halted. But um, that's another project that I'm working on. Oh, that's um, so interesting. Is that on YouTube? You know what? I have a YouTube channel for it. But since the pandemic hit, I, it was being edited and there was music involved. And all of those people wanted to look after their families. So I said, okay, we'll pick it up once the pandemic is over with the editing and the music. And then um, there were other people that I wanted to interview that I had lined up to interview. And they all said, you know, let's just stop. So that project is slightly on hold, but, but yes, it, it would, will be on YouTube. Would people be able to look it up now, even if they want to see the past, past episodes? Um, you know what? Um, it, I believe you could on the Dope Soul Journey on Instagram. Instagram, okay. I, I believe there's a couple of those episodes up. Um, okay. And what about your book? What, what is the, have you figured out the title and if it's going to come out in the early 2021, hopefully, what do you have the title and would you also be going under your actual name so people could look it up for the future? Yes, I will be going under my actual name and the book is called Fermata. It is a musical term, which means hold. So if I was conducting classical music and I saw Fermata, I would just hold. 
I'm so, music trained, so that comes back and it <laughs> and puts a fear of God in me again from my oh, friends no. and all those competitions, like classical music competitions. For oh, Mata. No. That's that sounds like I I love that name. It's very um. And then would you, if someone were to look up Formata, and again I want to spell it, it's F O R M A T A for people that don't know. And how would you? Is it under Gay Thornton or Gay Gigi Thornton? It's under Gay Thornton. Okay. And um, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm creating a website right now. I've got a beautiful web developer. And so the book will hopefully be available on my website and then on Amazon. Um, but I'm in the proofreading stages of it now. So if there's anything that I need to change about it, it will be changed. Um, but yes, that book is, it, it really started off as my friends saying, you know, how are you okay? I'm pulling out my hair. And I just started to um, write down what I was doing and how I was okay. And then I realized, oh my gosh, this is a, uh, this is a book. <laughs> yes, that's incredible. Um, and that could be, and I, I would see you probably doing the audio for it too. And it could go to audiobooks and Amazon and everything like that. That's fantastic. And do you have your website up for people to look at now or, or is it still in progress? It is still in progress just because I wanted to create a way for people to book sessions on the website as well as purchase the book. And so the lovely young lady that is doing that is still working on that. So hopefully that should be done. I thought by the end of this month, but she's still working on it. So Okay, yeah. but I do want to tell the audience that Gay has two different Instagrams. The very first one is at Gigi It's Me, which is G-I-G-I-I-T-S-M-E. That's with two I's in the middle. And she posts her positive, a lot of positivity. And her second one, which she's referring to, is at The Dope Soul Journey, which is at T-H-E-D-O-P-E-S-O-U-L-J-O-U-R-N-E-Y. And on that, she posts her healing work. So Gay, you also would have some of these interviews from the, from the previous web series on this Instagram, correct? Yes. Um, the very first ones that were... Um, that I did the beginning of the year. I, I believe they should still be up unless something has happened to them. Um, and that's a possibility because we talk about a lot of alternative things. People are talking about, you know, God and alternative medicine and all different types of things. And I'm just noticing on social media, there's certain words that are triggers and they get pulled down. So to my knowledge, they should be there. Um, and I think that was just two episodes that were filmed and ready to go. Okay, great. And any clients out there that would like to see Gay and, and look into her healing? And Gay, do you also do Zoom sessions if someone's in New York City or, or somewhere else? Yes, I do. I do them um, other countries, other states. Um, yes, I do. Okay. Um, great. And clients, if you would like to seek her out, you can contact her at on the on her Instagram profile at the Dope Soul Journey, and I will put that in the links as well. And they can also email you, correct? Correct. Yes. And can you just remind us of your your email for that? Yes, it is wakingstate at yahoo.com. That is W A K I N G S T A T E at yahoo.com. Thank you. And her name is Gay, G-A-E. So that, that, well, that I hope you get some great clients from this and from more spreading of the word. Thank you so much for coming on today. And I would love for you to share, I do with all, all my interviews, what has been your greatest indulgence during the pandemic, whether it be a food or beverage or TV show, even if it's naughty or bad, please share. Uh, well, thank you for having me. I so appreciate it. But I will tell you what has been my greatest indulgence is um, I um, bought a bike probably a year and a half ago, but never put it together. Uh, no, just like a little, just like a little, you know, cute beach cruiser bike. Sure. And I had never put it together. Um, so I put together my bike and I've been riding it everywhere. And then roller skates. I got a pair of roller skates and I roller skate everywhere. And it is so much fun for me because those were two things that I loved doing as a child. Childhood, yes. 
Yeah. And then when I see adults look at me, they go, oh, those skates look so fun. And I go, get a pair. Let's go. Let's go. So for me, being outside on my bike and roller skating have been, it's just brought so much joy to me during this time. It allows you to play. And just, and besides getting, getting outside is everything. With my injury, I, I can only, I'm jealous that I, I can't bike or roller skate yet. I have a stationary Peloton, but I can't stand up on it yet. As I heal, it's like the only thing I have to do is I have to be outside and I have to be working out all the time. But being outside can go from, you can go from depressed to happy in two seconds. I just feeling the sun, getting vitamin D, being around people with a mask, of course, you know, so good for you. And, and roller skating actually has skyrocketed during this pandemic. Yes. And it, I, I can't even tell you how much fun it is. I mean, like for me, it just brought back so many happy childhood memories. It's great exercise and, you know, it is amazing to be outside. So will yeah, we be absolutely. seeing you competing in the X Games in the future? <laughs> I I highly doubt it, but I will say I have to get a pair of pro skates now because the uh, medium skilled skates that I bought I I can't use them anymore. You are I no have to immediate. You are no beginner or intermediate. <laughs> yeah, I now you can get the pro skates. <laughs> you're very fierce gay. I would actually see you doing a roller derby girls. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Only if I was padded from head to toe, I'd be happy to do it. Yeah. You'd I mean, be like be the so vegan fun. queen or something. You could dress, <laughs> you know, with orange hair and like a green. <laughs> I see that. Some pile of lettuce on my head. Absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> I see you winning. I, I see that going viral in two seconds. Well, thank you so very much. And again, we'll remind the audience that you can contact Gay, especially on her second Instagram, which is at the Dope Soul Journey and also at awakenstate at yahoo.com. And that's Gay Gigi Thornton. Watch for her book for Mana coming out in 2021 and her YouTube series being back on, which is The Dope Soul Journey. It has been such a pleasure, Gay. Thank you so very much. And I can't wait to see you soon. Oh my gosh, you're a doll. Thank you so much. It has been a pleasure for me too. And that was energy therapist Gay Gigi Thornton, whose links you can find in the podcast notes below. Please stay tuned in next week for my interview with virtual personal trainer, Missy Berkowitz, who will share tips and tricks for keeping your home workouts intense, because it's really getting boring out there, even if you only have 15 minutes. We appreciate you for listening, and please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. You can also listen on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Luminary, Tuned In, or at Bleav.com. You can reach out to me for any questions or topics you'd like covered on the show at Ann McDaniels. And I'll see you next time on So Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.